Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. I have wanted to record this podcast episode for years. I talk about this all the time, and I'm finally sitting down and recording an entire episode on this concept, which is how to fight flu season, how proactive insurance policies make a massive difference. So flu season is always really... uh, interesting for me to observe uh, when it goes down every single year, because unlike other things that we buy insurance policies for, like car insurance, life insurance, homeowner's insurance, um, any other insurance, right? Jewelry, theft insurance, whatever, you know, hurricane insurance, right? All of these insurance policies that we purchase, we purchase them with actually this hope and intention that we never have to cash in on them, right? Like we buy life insurance and we hope that we actually never actually have to cash in our life insurance policy, right? We hope we live, you know, a very long, beautiful life. Um, We buy car insurance, um, not because we hope we get into a car accident and so we have backup. We buy car insurance because that's the responsible thing to do. So if an accident happens, you'll be covered. But When someone buys car insurance or homeowner's insurance, they don't buy it with this thing of like, oh, I'm going to be using this every single year, right? You don't have a flood every year in your house. You don't get into a car accident every year, every month in your life. Yet we still buy these policies because it's part of just being a responsible human, right? We buy insurance policies. Flu season comes every single freaking year. Every year, guys. Every year, there's a flu season. Every year, people get sick. Every year, people call out because they're not well. Every year, it's highly contagious and it spreads around like wildfire. Every single year. It doesn't matter how many people get vaccinated, how many people this, what age groups. It doesn't matter. It's flu season. 
and people will get sick. So let's just like lay it on the line here. Every year people are going to get sick. People are going to catch the flu or the cold or bronchitis or whatever. It's part of life. There's germs. People are going to get sick. The challenge is, is that we enter flu season so unprepared. We enter flu season with this shock and awe of like, oh my gosh, four people called out today. They're sick. Yeah, the flu is really bad this year. I should like have like on a recording from like 2001, right? Yeah, it's a really bad flu season at 2002. Yeah, it's really bad this year. Super good. 2004. Yep, super bad flu season this year. It's contagious. 2007, super bad flu season. It's contagious. Do I need to go on? Like, you get the point. Every single year, the reports, the doctors, the news, the whatever says the exact same thing. It's a bad flu season. Everyone's getting sick. It's really contagious. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now, how do we prepare appropriately for flu season? It's coming. It's coming. Whether you like it or not, it's coming. Even if you live in a hot place like I do in Florida, there's still flu season here, right? People still get sick here. Even though it's not cold, people still get colds and bronchitis and the flu and COVID. People still get sick. So, It doesn't matter where you live in the world, whether you live in a freezing cold place or a boiling hot place or whatever, doesn't matter. Flu season's coming for you. So what are the insurance policies that you can create inside of your organization to combat flu season, right? How do you prepare for a season to ensure smooth operations, during a challenging time when there is excessive staff absences during this season, okay? So what is an insurance policy for flu season, right? What is that? What does it actually mean? Well, this is my definition, okay? An insurance policy during flu season refers to the practices of the leadership team and employees to utilize preventative measures to cope with staff shortages and other issues that arise during a season of excessive illness, okay? And so I'm going to be talking about a lot of different things inside of this episode on what insurance policies you can put in place for your flu season. So let's talk about one of them, overstaffing. What is overstaffing? And before you press pause and like, this chick ain't know what she's talking about. We're barely staffed. How are we going to do overstaffing? Hold tight. Listen. I know you're understaffed. Okay, one second, bear with me. So overstaffing is not about excessive and wasteful employment of personnel, okay? Overstaffing actually is about very strategically assessing historical data of your previous flu season patterns to make informed decisions about staffing levels during this vulnerable time. Okay, so you're actually going to look at the data and tell you what are the patterns in our center? When does flu season really strike bad in our company? What months, what weeks? Look at the data. It will tell you, right? The data doesn't lie. 
The primary goal of the overstaffing policy, insurance policy, is about striking the balance between maintaining a stable workforce and allocating resources efficiently, right? Far too many people look at overstaffing and they say things like, we can't afford it. And I always say, you can say the same thing about any insurance policy. I can't afford life insurance. I can't afford car insurance. I can't find homeowners insurance. Here's what you really can't afford. You can't afford that when tragedy strikes or when crisis strikes, you're not covered. That's what you can't afford. Okay. Stop looking at the dollars in the bank. Jim Rohn, very famous mentor, coach, advisor. I was watching a video that he uh, put out recently and I thought it was phenomenal. And he said, poor people spend and what they have left, they invest. Rich people invest and what they have left, they spend. Very different mindset, right? Very different mindset. Olympians and champions and leaders who are building schools of excellence understand that building the right insurance policies for flu season are what rich people do. Rich mindsets. It's not about rich how many zeros you have in your bank account. Nobody cares. It's a rich mindset. It's a mindset of looking at abundance and opportunity. That is freaking powerful. It's powerful. Very powerful. Okay. So during flu season, the focus needs to be on maintaining core educational functions and prioritizing the well being of students and staff. What happens a lot of the time during flu season is we are overburdening our staff, our leadership team with additional projects. Let's do this fun thing. Let's do this thing. Let's do that thing. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it spreads resources thin, thin, very thin, which actually leads to compromised outcomes. And it actually leads to people getting sick. When people are overworked and overstressed, they get sick. And so a lot of times schools don't even realize they are contributing to their flu season challenge. They are actually contributing to their staff getting sick and not being able to come to work. They are overburdening them and taxing them way too much during an already vulnerable time. So a lot of research has been done around flu season in all different domains, right? In health and wellness and staffing and in financials and the economy and everywhere, okay? And the surge of staff absences during flu season really has a profound impact on the school's day-to-day operations and the ability to function at full capacity. So let's talk a little bit about some of the effects that flu season has on a school. Number one, disrupted classroom instruction. When staff are absent or not feeling well or leadership is out, right, it really leads to um, increased disruption in the ability for whoever's in the classroom to maintain the lesson planning, the quality, the relationships, all of that inside of the classroom, right? So the consistency and the quality of the classroom instruction gets compromised, which really impacts student learning and outcomes. Another thing that flu season does is the shortage of staff makes it very difficult for schools to maintain proper supervision of students, which leads to safety concerns and behavioral challenges, right? When there's less people 
managing the place. Flu season also leads to increased workload on remaining staff. When school faces staffing shortages on top of increased workloads, the burden falls on the staff that are there to cover the absent colleagues. And it leads to increased stress, potential burnout among those who are left to pick up all the slack and all the pieces by people that are not there. So there's just this massive like cascading effect that happens during the flu season. And there's a lot of different ways that we can better prepare for it. So here's one. One is maintaining continuity, okay? When key staff members fall ill and require time off to recover, it creates operational gaps gaps that disrupt the entire process of the company. And so the right processes and systems to maintain continuity ensures that whoever is replacing them, whoever is like, you know, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to take over this or, you know, Beth is out. So let's make sure I'm going to do this and you take care of this. Well, well, how do I know what to do? Right. We want the right system in place so it doesn't compromise the quality of education and care that's happening inside of the organization. I remember one time I was observing in a school and they were doing the carpool routine and the usual person who does the afternoon carpool routine was out that day with the flu. Um, and they were actually out for more than one day because the flu isn't a one day situation. It's multiple days and sometimes it can knock you out for an entire week for anyone who's had the flu before. And so there was a teacher who was taking over, but there was a couple of things that she didn't know that the main person who does the carpool line takes care of. And one of them is that when they go out of the building, everyone has to make a right. Everyone has to make a left turn to get out instead of a right, because the way that the traffic pattern was set up by the cops in the city is that in the afternoon during that time frame between 3.30 and 4, making a right turn congests the main highway over there. Anyways, she didn't know that. She wasn't reminding people about it. There was a new parent that came um, and they came out and they didn't make the left turn. They made the right turn. Someone like an incoming car was coming there who knew like the traffic pattern, knew that cars don't usually make this right turn. They got into an accident. Everyone was fine. It wasn't like a major accident at all, but it really caused like a lot of stress. Obviously, it was a car accident in the whole company. Everyone heard the loud boom and like the kids were crying and it was just like chaos. And the owner came out and she was like, oh my gosh, like you made a right turn. You're only supposed to go left. The parents like, oh, like I'm, you know, I've never picked up before or whatever it was, whatever her excuse was, I don't remember. And then the owner turned to the person who was leading the carpool and she's like, always need to remind the families to make sure they're making that left turn. And she's like, I didn't know that they're supposed to do that. Again, these things will happen. It doesn't matter how many systems you have or how many processes you have. Every once in a while, these things will blunder. But putting the right processes in place ensures that there's less blunders, especially during a difficult season like flu season. Okay, so maintaining continuity. How else do you prepare for flu season? Reducing workloads. During flu season, teachers and other school personnel face a lot of increased workloads just due to the fact that there's so many people absent and they constantly have to cover just to maintain the workflow. And so what happens a lot of time is their projects that you put on their plate right before flu season when everything was fine, 
Now they're playing catch up. Now they're overwhelmed. Now they're anxious. They're not meeting deadlines. You're stressed out that you're not meeting certain things. And so this is where we need to understand that flu season is a maintenance season. When you are in your season of the staff shortages and people are getting sick or whatever it is, remember, it's not 10 months of the year. Flu season isn't for 10 months. It's for a condensed period of time. That is maintenance time. That is not a time that you're working on new projects. That is not a time that you're working on like these brand new, you know, or onboarding into a new software or whatever it is. Like this is flu season. This is the season that we need to be all hands on deck and just maintaining the status quo of what's happening. Now, that doesn't mean that you as the owner can't work on big initiatives or other projects. Absolutely. But do not overburden your leadership team on all of these extra stuff because you have to understand there's going to be a ton of disruption to the workflow because many times they're going to have to get into the classrooms. So really understand that piece. How else do we prepare for flu season? We look at historical data analysis. So school administrators need to review past flu season's absences, right? And really identify what are the trends that we've seen so we can better anticipate some of the potential challenges. What is the historical impact of flu outbreaks in our town, right? And that allows you to do more precise planning and allocation of resources. So you're not overstaffing over several, several weeks when you know like these are typically the weeks that we need the most staff or, you know, this project of creating this particular system, we're gonna work on this in the lead up to flu season because during flu season, If this system isn't in place, it really creates a lot of disruption to the consistency and quality of our program. So we need to make sure that this system is in place. This is how you know how to prioritize, which is a superpower as a school leader. So many times people are working on systems and putting certain things in place. And I'm like, is this the right system to be building during this season? If you're about to head into flu season, what system do you need in place? If you have five callouts, what breaks? What breaks the most? What hurts your company the most when it breaks? For everyone, it's going to be something else. Create the right infrastructure in the lead up to it. That is a powerful insurance policy. What else do we want to look at? Flexible staffing pool. So establishing a flexible staffing pool on call or part-time can be incredible resource during flu season, right? When you have qualified personnel who can step in at a short notice to cover for absent employees, really ensures that the operations continue to you know, run without significant disruptions. Creating a flexible staffing pool is about having a proper substitute system, um, where you get subs from, how they come in, how they get up to speed very quickly, right? A substitute doesn't have a full onboarding like a teacher does, but they're still stepping into the classroom um, and interacting and engaging with kids. So how do we get them up to speed super fast? We actually have a training inside of our membership on how to create a substitute system. These are all things that we don't realize we need until we're in the thick of it. Um, And That's what insurance is, right? An insurance policy is preparing these things. So when crisis hits, you're backed. How else do we prepare for flu season? Cross-training staff. Cross-training staff members in multiple roles is such an effective tool. When one staff member is sick, another trained colleague can take over their responsibilities temporarily, right, without it having a massive impact on school functions. So cross-training is a culture. It's a mindset. 
you have members of your leadership team or your lead teachers who are not like, well, I only do this, or this is my lane, or this is the only thing I do, or whatever it is. Yes, we need lanes, we need roles and responsibilities, we need metrics, and you need to be trained on some other areas also, because guess what? The human experience is some people are going to get sick. The human experience is some people are going to take vacation. The human experience is some people are just not going to be available some days. What happens when that person isn't there? Does that mean that that job just doesn't get done? So cross-training is really powerful. Now, again, you don't need to cross-train on every single thing. This is where a lot of owners and leaders get very stuck in the all-or-nothing mindset and the black and white thinking like, oh, does that mean I have to cross-train everyone on every single process and every single system? No, relax. No, you need to cross-train on the things that cause massive disruption to the flow. One of the things that cause massive disruption to the flow is staffing schedules. Every person on your leadership team needs to know how to create and navigate a staff staffing schedule, how to play the Tetris game. Every person on the team has to know how to do that because guess what? If this person's out, this person steps in. If this person's out, this person steps in. That is a key cross training that everyone needs to know how to do. Everyone needs to know how to open and close the building. Everyone needs to know certain things that it's like, if if three people are out, it's like, does, does everyone know how to do these really important uh, things? or systems or, you know, how we do things inside of the company. So no, you're not cross-training on every single thing. This is where you sit down with a clear head, right? And you make time on your calendar, even when you don't have time, you make time on your calendar to sit down and say, what are the things that when someone's absent, the business tanks or the continuity gets lost or the consistency of quality gets tampered with? What are those things so that I could cross train on them, right? Again, powerful insurance policy, cross train. Where else? Where else do we want to add opportunity to better prepare for a flu season? Efficient handling of absences, okay? We need policy on finding last minute replacements, smoother operations, when people have to text by, when they have to call by or email by, when do they have to let you know who is the person who is on call? So many times when people are sick, they don't know who they're supposed to message. I message this person, this person, this person. They end up messaging all four people. Now all four people are scrambling to find something. Who, what is the workflow when you are sick, right? What is the workflow of like, okay, if the night before you're already feeling under the weather, let me know so that I can already start looking for it, right? It's very rare that we wake up in the morning feeling pretty crabby and the night before we were fine. It happens every once in a while. It does. It's happened to me. I went to sleep fine. I woke up in the morning feeling horrible. But more often than not, you're feeling under the weather a little bit before the, the you know, whatever you're feeling actually like sets into your body. You're like, I can't move. I feel like I'm being weighed down, you know, by a ton of bricks. Is that something you want to put in your policy, right? How do you want people to inform you? How, like, these are all really important things we want to put in place as an insurance policy for smoother operations in those last minute scrambling, Okay. What else is an insurance policy for flu season? Improving staff's well-being, okay? When we look at understanding how to improve well-being initiatives of our staff, um, a lot of staff, like, wouldn't call out for certain things. When people are happy, 
when people are taking care of themselves, um, they're less likely to get sick. Okay, we know this. We know this from the science. We know this from the data. We know this from everything. And so this isn't to say like, oh, you know, when people are happy, they never get sick. Again, that goes to the all or nothing mindset, the black and white thinking. No, but when someone is in a calmer state of being, taking care of themselves, takes care of their mental and emotional state, eats healthy, drinks water, gets adequate sleep, they're immune system is not compromised, right? They have a healthier immune system so they can navigate the regular germs and bacteria of being in a childcare facility. So well-being initiatives for your staff is an incredible insurance policy against flu season. So thinking about, and we have podcast episodes on that as well, what are the well-being initiatives that you want to implement before flu season, right? How are people taking care of themselves? Maybe you provide um, or you give your staff or you even find a podcast episode or a YouTube video, the best ways to take care of yourself during the winter or during cold season. And you actually educate your staff on, oh, did you know that, you know, if you eat, you know, put some turmeric inside of your tea, it boosts your immunity and reduces inflammation, which is a huge part of getting sick, right? And this is not a health or science class. I'm not a doctor just preempting that over here. But there's these little things that people can do to be healthier, to build their immunity. And you can share those things in very simple ways. We are in 2023. You can send out an email with a YouTube video. Hey guys, this is a great resource on how to build your immunity during flu season. I would love for all of you to take a listen and reply back with one insight or one thing that you want to take action on to build your immunity during flu season. Little things like that. Guys, it sounds so simple because it is. Um, so take action on it, right? Take action. Okay. So what else besides for, uh, well, not what else besides her, but what, what else could we do uh, during flu season? So here are some next steps I want to invite you to look into. Number one is conducting a staff training, training your staff members on how you are preparing for flu season and really training on the significance of early reporting, right? Let me know right away when you're not feeling well, how to help them build their immunity, what you're doing during flu season to ensure that staff don't get burnt out, and then actually having conversation with the staff on, okay, you know, when when do you start to feel burnt out during flu season, right? Actually opening up the table, right? And your staff will tell you like, oh, you know, I don't get sick or whatever it is. And then, you know, I keep having to cover for everyone else. Okay, well, what would be helpful for you during flu season when you are picking up a lot of the slack? Um, what kind of support would you like? What would you like to hear? Um, what would be helpful for you? And really just starting to have these conversations in staff training before flu season. So people can actually like recognize like, we're actually going to have a conversation and talk about the elephant in the room, which is cold and flu season. What else? Communicate with parents. Maintain open and transparent communication with parents during flu season. It 
really is an important component of building trust and taking away a lot of their concerns. What happens a lot of times is parents come in and they see different teachers inside of the classroom or they see like different stuff going on. Like, where's that teacher? Oh, she's sick. Oh, she's out. There's a sub. There's a sub of the sub of the sub. I was once uh, dropping off my kids somewhere and there was like a teacher there and I was like, who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm subbing for Rachel. I'm like, who's Rachel? She's like, oh, Rachel's subbing for Brittany. I'm like, Who's Brittany? She's like, oh, Brittany's subbing for Shira. I'm like, Shira? Oh, Shira's the teacher, right? It was the sub of the sub of the sub of the sub. Like, who are you people? So communicating with parents, right? And letting them know and informing them, like we're heading into flu season. Here's, you know, ways to take care of your kids and your own safety and your own well-being and your own immunity. Here's how we're helping our staff. Here's what you could possibly expect. Here's how we're going to communicate with you. Just Again, it sounds so simple, like regular updates through shared newsletters, through emails, just detailing the staffs, the school's um, overall, you know, overstaffing initiatives, their contingency plan, the measures that you guys take, like just really involving them inside of that. So all of these, what I call insurance policies during flu season, really act as proactive measures that provide school with a safety net to handle the uncertainties brought on by widespread illnesses. When you have extra staff members available, when you have proper documented systems, when you have all of these things in place, it minimizes disruptions to the children's learning experiences. And when you avoid over-project planning during flu season, you are really prioritizing the school's core functions to maintain a stable learning environment for the children by refraining from taking on, right, like practice restraint from taking on unnecessary additional projects. School leaders allocate those additional white space margin and resources wisely so that staff, students, families can handle the impacts of flu-related absences more effectively. So when you implement these strategies, the well-being of students, the well-being of, of families, the well-being of your leadership team, all of these things, you learn that you can navigate flu season with grace, with ease, with calm, with peace, with a lot less surprises. So I would love to hear from you today. Let me know either in a DM or reply back in an email or, you know, tag us on social. What are your biggest insight from today's training? If you have listened to the podcast for any time or if this is your first time listening, please share it on your social channels tag us and just, or just share on your social channels and write, like, what is one thing you're implementing to prepare for flu season? Let's get more and more leaders understanding this concept, listening to this content, listening to this episode. What a powerful way to make a massive difference inside of so many childcare facilities. So thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We'll see you next time. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention 
each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.